Hello, my name is Ronnie Edwards and I'm the director of Pomozzi Creatives. Thank you for joining me on the Everyday Inspirational Women podcast. I'll be spending time with and learning from women and girls that I personally find inspiring. You can nominate any woman or girl from Portsmouth that you find inspiring so we can consider them for the very first Inspirational Women of Portsmouth Award happening on the 7th of March for International Women's Day. Details about this exciting event and how you can nominate anyone are available on all our Pomozzi Creatives social media platforms. So, back to this podcast. Each one of us carries this incredible energy that can encourage and inspire. I really hope that you find a few inspirational nuggets from some of these women. Enjoy. So many stories where So I'm here with Louise Blakely, who is a dear friend of mine, granted, but still inspiring enough for me to interview. So I've asked you to be on this podcast because I think you're awesome. <laughs> and um, I was really inspired. I'm really inspired by how you you work um, in an area that's that's quite intense, and yet you're a bit of a trailblazer with with how you're working and mm. how you're developing that work. Would you mind just telling us about what you do um, in terms of your career? Um, okay. So after the birth of my first child, um, I had a change in, in career. So I asked, um, as part of that change, if I could start looking at doing some research because I sort of had this interest about doing some research. So they gave me a couple of hours a week. And then since then, I've been developing a research study um, with a team of people. It hasn't just been me. Um, And the research study is is looking at an area that I think in society that we don't really talk about and is is really unknown. And that's about the, the process that we go through in this country, um, in England, to um, lock people up to detain them because of their mental health. And there's a particular process, and it's called a Mental Health Act Assessment. And it tends to be something that's not really discussed um, and that there's lots of misconceptions about. But I was really interested when I got some group of people together, and people with lived experience, so people that have had mental health problems that have been assessed under this process and some of them have been detained and some haven't and when they we got together and discussed it there one person had the idea that nobody really looks at their experience and she had the experience where people didn't really talk to her mm-hmm. about um, this assessment process and how much it impacted on her when she went into hospital because she was detained under the mental health act and she went into hospital mm-hmm. and she said when she had a, a better experience and felt listened to and felt that the people spent time with her and respected her and explained things. She went into hospital in a different frame of mind and recovered better. But when people did it, when she felt it was unnecessary, she felt it was rushed, people didn't talk to her, um, um, she felt she wasn't treated with dignity and respect, she found that her recovery was slower. And that wasn't... Those two occasions wasn't actually related to how unwell she was. She was more unwell the the other time when she had a better experience of the assessment. So she sort of raised this, and then it made me think, as somebody that actually works as one of the assessors, um, which is called an improved mental health um, professional, why... So so you 
your role is to, sorry to interject, is to be an assessor for a, a, situ- a situation. Yeah. So in a situation yeah. where they are vulnerable um, in their mental health. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, and your decision could... could def- decide whether they are sectioned or not yeah. yes yeah yeah the, the colloquial term yeah sectioned yeah so I, I do that role as part of one of my professional roles I've got a few professional roles so that really made me think about actually yeah there isn't much out there about the service user perspective the patient perspective of this experience mm-hmm. and then I looked and so but Which it's quite surprising I think it is. It, the whole area of Mental Health Act assessments, considering you are taking away people's liberty, and it has really quite negative effects on people's social lives, you know, their employment, their relationships, housing. Um, it, it can, and also about their emotional. It can be quite a traumatic event being detained in, in hospital. Mm-hmm. That There isn't that much research, really, um, to inform the way we work, um, which is surprising, but then because sort of the, actually trying to do some research in this area, you can see why there isn't so much because it is a very complex area. It's complex in lots of ways, and part of the difficulties I've had in setting up a research study to get it funded is one that this is a completely new thing. So I've come from reading research articles some of the time, not not as much as I do now, and knowing a bit about a tiny bit about research. Actually, going from that to actually doing a research study has been a massive leap. But it's also because people aren't aware, even in in healthcare, what a mental health act assessment is. That's like a barrier you need to get over to try and get funding and support. Is people don't actually understand what the experience is. You know, so um, one um, issue when looking at funding was actually we did come back and people say, well, there's lots of um, research into the assessment experience. Like if you're having an assessment of your mental health to get secondary mental health services. Yes, there is a lot of research, but mental health act assessments are a distinct experience because of the, you don't choose it often. You know, it happens. It can happen with the police. It can be very coercive. It can be, you know, it can be something you don't know about. Yeah, it tends to happen with people coming into your house. You know, three people might turn up on the door, come to your house without you even knowing or understanding what's going on. It's a very distinct experience. And I think there was a lot of lack of understanding from funders and stuff about why it was important. So wait, why would an assessor come to your house if you don't even know they're coming? How would that happen? Um, well, because they probably... Yeah, it might be that the community team that you work with are being uh-huh. concerned about you. Okay. Um, so there might be other things going on in the background, but you might not be fully aware uh, okay. of happening. It does happen, um, and part of what came out of the research is that is pe- some people's experience and... You know, and sometimes they know about it happening and other times they don't. Um, well, yeah, so, yeah, it, 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 some of it is, is surprising how it, it can work. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's been, um, it's been difficult to get the, the funding. It's taken me a long time. Yeah. Um, but it's been worthwhile. And I think, um, uh, I know you mentioned uh, about what, what, what's um, inspired me or, or kept me going. Yeah. 
um, drivers for me. So the, the thing that really is important to me is about that service user experience, seeing it from the patients, that person's view. Yeah. But also what has sort of changed with me doing this research study is, is the people that I've had with the, with the lived experience have actually become my supporters. So it sort of changed that dynamic because I'm a mental health social worker. Normally I'm there going around people's houses supporting them through them you know actually, I do. actually they are talking you through their experience but they're also they're supporting me to help me do this project oh, okay. so they're the ones that are like when I get a knockback and I you know feel like I'm not getting anywhere they're the they're ones those are counseling yeah or just giving me that inspiration giving me those little pep talks about how important it is giving me that drive you know, so when I have knockbacks or feel like I can't do something, they're the ones that um, I talk to. Um, and it has changed my relationship with, with, with people because I can, I now sort of, yeah, do talk about my vulnerability. Yeah. So it's like, it's that dynamics changed. And I've really quite, um, it's made me, it's challenged me because I'm normally the one that's the helper. Yeah. And yeah. now I'm being the helped and it yeah. sort of balances and it just, it, it it, you learn so much and I, I do feel that I learn so much from my conversations with people and they, they challenge the way I think. So it's not just... Because the research studies happen, so I've like interviewed um, 11 people while well, me and somebody else have interviewed 11 people about their experience of being assessed under the Mental Health Act, which really is when three people come and see you. That's the, the basic. But there's lots of other legal processes and decisions and things that go on, but that's three people come and see you, which are two doctors and this approved mental health professional who's especially trained in the law. Right. So they sort of give that legal perspective on it. So I've interviewed, you know, these 10 people. So I've learnt loads from sitting and listening to yeah. people. Um, and so I think that's also, I think, another way of is an inspiring or a driver for me is actually now I have their stories yeah. and their experiences and they've given them to me. Yeah. So they're somehow valuable. Do it justice. I've got to do it justice. So that yeah. puts a little bit of a driver onto now what I do yeah. now with these stories. And what, what, what have you done? So you've done this research. Yep. I've done the research. Um, well, so far it's quite early days in the sense that... Um, we're only finished doing it uh, probably fully in, in the summer. So, and it's now um, the autumn. So it's, it's quite early days. So I have done an event, which um, was another learning experience to do that. Um, so I got an event to share the research findings. Uh -huh. And it was really important to me. And, and I think um, some of the service users that have been involved in the study was that it was not just to academics because there is a lot of, um, a lot of, of um, research that just goes around academics, it feels, yeah. coming from that real practitioner yeah. focus of being... Um, so I really wanted to to open it up and... Um, Brilliant. Yeah. Have the actual users as part of the dialogue. Yeah, and, and, and I was really pleased, that I, considering I, I didn't organise it months in advance, like a lot of these events need a long term. It's only mm. a few months. I think it was three months or so in advance I did the event that we had a wide range of people. We had people that make policies there. We have like people that are in different... Um, train um, the approved mental health professionals. We had um, doctors there who do the assessments. People service user experience. We had academics. 
We had like a wide range of people, all from different areas of the country. But for me, you know, we had a lot of people that we've lived experience that, you know, and there was a great um, vibe about the event. Loads of people talked. Um, there was so much discussion. It, it actually it overran. We didn't get through everything, but, you know, I think that's, you know, always difficult. I mean, but that, and that's a good sign. Um, for, must must be encouraging for you to think. Actually, there was so much there that uh, yeah. it couldn't be contained in one um, event. Yeah, it was an afternoon there's, there's event. Actually, yeah, there's actually more to more to what you're doing mm. that needs to be dug into a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was a sort of a a, a point. Um, it, the the thing for me now is is where it goes next. So. Um, and there's so much different things we I could do. Um, yeah. So I am I have to really concentrate. I've been told I have to really concentrate on getting published. So that's one thing I'm doing at the moment okay. is getting getting published. But also um, I'm working with the the health authority I work in about yeah. actually trying to do some sort of quality improvement, a change project possibly. Right. So that's in the early stages, which I'm quite excited about because I do think it's really important you do research and you find out things but actually it can only, it's only really important if it impacts on change yeah. so hopefully with the event and people talking and, and listening and maybe some follow-up um with people after that sorry um and maybe Excellent. the yeah it will hopefully have some change and how how do you balance this pretty intensive role with everything else that you do <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because I actually, I have actually, yeah, because I've sort of have had five. Because you, you, this is just one job. Job yeah. out of is it three different? Um, has been three main then, jobs. Well, yeah, so you have on occasion had three different jobs. Yeah, maybe two different jobs. So how do you, how in yourself do you manage that as well as being a mum? And working part time, and you know, work, working part time in what's not really part time hours, though, is it? No, <laughs> no, I think <laughs> with, um, with the background work. That you how do, do I manage it all? How do I manage it all? I think I, I um, um, I think one thing is I do have a very supportive partner, um, in the sense that he recognises what I'm doing is important. So I, I have managed to get some funding, but it never funds everything with a research study. Mm. Research studies just eat into your time. But I think um, he's been very good at supporting me to do that. So I think having yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And having the recognition that it's, it's it, my work is just as important as his work. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. how we work is very different. He just goes to work and comes home at certain times every day. Yeah. Whereas I do, you know, some days I'm, I might have to invest loads of time. So I suddenly disappear from the family yeah. and he picks up stuff oh, so it's that yeah so that's a really good one I think also I um I've got as I talked about I've got the service user supporters I yeah. have got other people that are yeah. supportive of, of of the research study so over the years I've developed people that support me and yeah. I could talk to yeah. also I think um I'm really quite lucky of having um a group of of, of friends and people around me that that 
that are innovative and um, yeah, run their own businesses or they do things and I find a lot of support from that about how to do things. Okay. And, how, and how do you look after yourself within that? Is there, is there like a, a ritual that you have that, that helps you kind of stay sane or do you just flow with? Um, uh, there might not be. I'm no, just no, I think, I think I probably need to do... I th probably sometimes that gets a bit lost yeah and I forget that and then I have to be reminded about doing things so I do um I am trying um and it's really difficult because I work a lot from home as I'm trying to create little bat you know little boundaries within like with my time and like completely go right I'm doing this project this day for this time and then this point I'm at home with the kids and the, the, the kids are my focus yeah. so, you know and so I, I try and do that rather than doing that thing of trying to send emails when they're playing and yeah. they try and talk to you and you're not really paying it yeah yeah I'm trying to do that more mm -hmm. because actually I, I can't it's, it's more stressful and you don't pay attention to either of the roles yeah. um, you know being a parent all your time the other thing I have um our mutual friend has a beach hut. So I do actually go to the beach hut and work from the beach hut. But I know it's not really a break, but actually for me, it, it gives me that sense of being by the sea, yeah. having a cup of coffee, yeah. sitting by the beach, but looking at the sea, watching the people go past. And yeah, I do sort of work. Yeah. It tends to be thinking yeah. work, a lot Aren't more thinking. to be in Portsmouth. I know, especially when it's sunny like it is today. Yeah. We've spoken about your what you do work mm. within uh, mental health which is just incredible and innovative as well just within that um have you have you come across have you come ever got to a stage where you found something really challenging either on a personal or a career um level that you've had to kind of really overcome Get to the other yeah, side. I think the whole process of trying to set up the research study is is challenging yeah. on lots of level. I think there is a lot of knockbacks in the sense of trying to get funding yeah. um, and money and support. So yeah. um, I think that there is a sense of of, of having to have some resilience and, and get back up. And I think. Um, when you talk to lots of other people, that's um, and they're they're inspiring about people who've completed research studies. Is that actually that's the thing that makes a difference? Is is the people that end up completing stuff from? Yeah. Is the people that just keep getting back and up and trying to find other other news and and you know and it it is it, it is about that. Um, also, I think for me is um, what I find mo most challenging about this. Is um, is actually this is a bit more about me than most of my work. Right. It's like I have to sell me myself, yeah. and I constantly have to um, sell my research and get people to support me to do the research, yeah. um, and that's quite a, a, a challenging thing because I'm not somebody who who have to kind of justify. Yeah, sell myself, yeah. sell myself, and mm. and 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 say because you're a brand, I suppose. Yeah, and that's a different concept than being a worker and a practitioner, mm. um, and that sort of ideology where you're you're, you're doing a job. Um, whereas this is this is more of a it is like selling, um, and that I find quite challenging to do. 
And that's part of that, trying to get funding and, and selling yourself, I found quite mm -hmm. challenging. Um, and it's also, you've got to be a little bit thick-skinned as well because you get mm -hmm. quite a lot of criticism which, you know, because you put yourself out there, people, you know, oh, academic criticism. Yeah, yeah, academic criticism. But, you know, also, you know, people don't always agree with what you do. And, you know, it's, it's yeah, that, that's a bit of a, a challenge mm. to get used to. Uh, and also because um, I'm dyslexic. I quite, uh, um, so um, I think that the challenge of actually writing and organising myself in... in and organising the studies being quite a challenge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, you've done incredibly well. Um, yeah. If that's, if that's like the work context that you work in. Um, thank you so much for just like letting us in on your world um, and the incredible, like I said earlier on, innovative work you do. If anyone wanted to find out more about what you're doing, how would they, how would they get a hold of you? Um, in, yeah, so, in, in terms of the research that you've done. Yeah, um, and that's something I've always got on the back. I've got to try and develop a bit of a, uh, a website, but I am on Twitter, and um, yeah, um, so I'm at, at Louise underscore Blakely, and that's um, Louise is L O U I S E underscore Blakely, which is B L A K L E Y, spelt a bit odd. Uh, so um, people can follow me if they're interested. Brilliant. Yeah, I tend to do um, tend to tweet a lot about my research and, yeah. and mental health more yeah. than anything else at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. okay. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ronnie, for the opportunity. It's been interesting. Thank nice. you.